Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Sturgeon and Daniel Monkman are each musicians, songwriters, and singers based in southern Ontario in Canada. Renowned for his work in the band Whoopso and as a founder of Out of Sound Records, Sturgeon now leads a powerful band called Status Non-Status, whose latest album is 1234500 Years, which was released on May 28, 2021 by You've Changed Records and The Grizzlar. Monkman is the leader of the gorgeous noise rock band Zune, whose 2020 album, Bleached Waves, was shortlisted for Canada's prestigious Polaris Music Prize and turned more people on to one of the most powerful young voices in underground rock music today. After becoming friends who could commiserate and relate to one another as Anishinaabe creative forces in Canadian music, Sturgeon and Monkman determined that they could collaborate and they formed a new band together called Ombigaze. Produced by Broken Social Scene's Kevin Drew, and recorded at the tragically hip studio, The Bathhouse, Sewn Back Together is Om Bigaze's wonderful debut and was released by Arts and Crafts 
on February 10th, 2022. Adam and Daniel connected with me recently to discuss this new band and their new record, getting back into cold Canada after being at South by Southwest in warm Austin, Texas, the origin and significance of their band name and their interest in noise, how Kevin Drew helped them in many more ways than one, putting the Canadian music industry on notice, why their distinctive songwriting approaches work so well together, learning more and teaching others about their Anishinaabe heritage, family traumas, and residential schools, what it's like inside of the bathhouse, gearing up to play Massey Hall on April 20th, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 680 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Adam Sturgeon and Daniel Monkman of Ombigaze with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey, Adam, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Vish. <laughs> you doing all right there? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you very much. Where in the world are you? I'm in London, Ontario. Ah, uh, yes, London. How are things uh, feeling in London today? Everything good? Well, we have a bunch of snow, and uh, we're just getting home from uh, Austin, so uh, back in Canada. Right, yes. Austin was unsnowed. There was no snow in Austin, was there? There was no. not a lot of snow anywhere in the U.S. when I was traveling, but... Uh, for New York. Oh, yeah, that's right. Seems like months ago. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It's nice to have you back in Canada. I hope you're uh, uh, happy to be back on some level. Y- yep. To a to a point, the the border <laughs> situation always uh, frustrates me, and then uh, you know, add in some uh, you know COVID protocols and the like. Yeah. Wait. Could you do you have trouble getting back into the country? I know it's can be rough getting across to the states, but they give you grief when you're coming back. Well, I don't know. I think that there's just uh, a particular type that uh, likes to man those uh, man those posts, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know, as indigenous people, we always have a bit of fear. Mm. That said, I mean, a lot of time people don't really notice that I'm indigenous, so we've had that discussion right. before. But uh, you still have those feelings of uh, yeah, how you're uh, potentially going to be treated because of those things. Right. Gotcha. All right. Well. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you're back, and uh, I'm sorry about the snow. Although I live in Edmonton, so I have very little sympathy for you. There's always, <laughs> it's just, this is always snow. It's snow, it hasn't gone away. I thought, we had a day here that was like 18 degrees Celsius, which is for those in America or anywhere else that don't, don't do the Celsius thing. That's pretty warm. And then uh, the next day, it was like minus nine or something. Like it, it's very weird weather-wise. Anyway, we all have to deal with that, and that's the way it is, so... Anyway, yeah. it's good. Uh, Daniel, are you there? Hey, Vish. How's it going? <laughs> it's it's going uh, um, great. It's a little cold, as Adam was saying. Um, kind of get comfortable with the warm weather in Texas. Yeah. Um, hanging out by pools. And now I hang out by snow. 
again. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way the world is. Had you been to Texas before this trip? No, just uh, I've only seen photos of uh, South by, and uh, never thought I would actually play it. Right. Well, you, you deserve to play it. I, as you know, I'm a fan of your work in Zune, and uh, and I've got Probably. this project. You deserve to play. It. You should be playing that thing all the time. Was it fun though? I I've I have heard from some uh, friends and colleagues that they came back and they uh, are sick, or uh, it was a bit of a. Sh- it was particularly uh, busy and weird. Uh, did you in- totally mm. enjoy yourself? Well, leading up to it, yeah, like all of my friends who have been in bands for a long time and anytime I would talk about South by they would just kind of like scoff scoff at me and um and I never and, but then I just re- I, I learned that it was pretty chaotic through like the past and hmm. but I heard that this year was pretty simplified, so I had a really good time. I got to see a lot of bands and yeah, the our our my experience was great, you know. I had a I had a lot of fun. Okay, good. Um, That's good. Yeah, I've only been once myself. It was a long time ago, but it was, uh, yeah, it was just a lot. It was. It's more. Have you ever been, Daniel, to like uh, North by Northeast in Toronto? Or I think I played it once, but we just like played one show and then we took off back to Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't. But it doesn't seem this felt. Did it feel? I, I'm just going to speculate. South by Southwest felt different than North by Northeast. Uh, that's what I was told. I, I was told that this year South by Southwest was uh, uh, pretty tamed compared to previous I years, see. where they just kind of they just bring big acts to like bring a bunch of people, but no one's really going to the um, mid-range artist shows. But this year they had only just like a, a few uh, bigger artists, but it gave time for um, everyone to see a lot of different bands. But you know, it, with COVID, it was you know still staggering numbers yeah now it sounds like you were both down there together so i presume you were doing some om bigaze uh business uh but uh at the same time you're in separate uh groups zune daniels and zune adam you're in status mm. non-status uh did you adam did you guys play separate sets or did you just play uh as a duo we were yeah we were actually there on our sort of solo endeavors um mm-hmm. So we have yet to play our first show, Daniel and I. Um, Our first show is uh, April 20th. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Oh, so that's you were just there coincidentally together? Is that what you're saying, Adam? Yeah, we ran into each other in a few different spots. um, But that's the way that it's been going for us for for a couple of years. I think that that's kind of uh, how we started to... uh, think about putting this project together. I see. Oh, yeah, just yeah. always in the same spots but not playing together. I see what you're saying. That's interesting. Da- Daniel, yeah. was there ever a talk while you were in Austin to, like, why don't we just, or, or rather, I should say, did you collaborate at all? Like, did you join each other on stage at any point, Daniel, or uh, no? Um, I think um, that that was a discussion before. I just, or maybe a fantasy that I was, like, playing in my head was, like, oh, it'd be so cool if we could do, like, an own big easy, like, the four of us, uh, just because one of our the fifth members was back in London, but we were at least I I, I fantasized about us playing like some secret show at South by Southwest, <laughs> you, yeah. you know. But uh, that will happen. That okay, will happen. good. Well, this is fun. I like that. So your friends first. I always like to say when you have a, a relationship, uh, I've learned from experience, like with a person, you know, like if you're going to spend a, mm-hmm. your life yeah. with someone, it's always good to be friends first. 
That's what I think before you commit to like, you know, the whole thing. Sometimes people start dating and then you talk to them two weeks later and they're married. And I'm like, what? You just met. How is that possible? You two have had a long, (laughs) friendly courtship, it sounds like. Is that fair, Adam? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that's definitely the the way it started. There's for Mm -hmm. both of us a long period of time where... Maybe we sort of felt a little, just a little bit isolated, not entirely. I mean, we have uh, great collaborators in our personal endeavors for sure. But, um, you know, just as we kind of started crossing paths, we really started to realize that we had a lot of uh, commonality just because of our culture and our desires to uplift that part of ourselves and our communities. So really it all started kind of just... um, supporting each other kind of in the back end you know this is going on yeah. with the this i was asked to play this show like i don't know how i feel about that you know or like yeah. yo man i'm on the road and i'm just like struggling out here what's up and that's really how it started for mm-hmm. us and then it, it just became apparent that we needed to make some music together but it was just it was also just very cool to know that there was kind of someone else out there doing something pretty similar yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Daniel, can you, so uh, we got a little bit of background in terms of sort of the hypothetical nature of how this mm-hmm. uh, project would come together, but do you remember your first, uh, I guess, sort of being in a room together, jamming, or or mm. even, even having a, a really serious conversation about what the sound of this project might be? Uh, Daniel, can you speak to that? Do you remember your, do you have any sense memory of when you first started playing together with Adam? Playing together on our solo stuff and just crossing paths was a few a while ago. You know that was like 2017 or something maybe. And um, but for this project, we we always talked about it. Um, we always wanted to put aside time, and it just felt like the world was kind of working against us. And then COVID happened, and all of a sudden we had like um, some free time. And I I know I was going through a lot. And so, so was Adam, and and so we just kind of um, on our own time we're writing songs that could be potentially for this new project. And um, but I re- I remember specifically like sitting in my room one time being like I wrote a song and I was like this would be perfect for this new project, this theoretical project that we might put together. Yeah, and then after that it just got easier to like write songs for it, you know. I see. Okay, and, and did you, was it trading uh, song ideas uh, remotely, or were you often in rooms together there, Daniel? For for, for the most part, it was separate rooms. Um, we were just, <laughs> I just had a, a like a file that I would just send over to Adam and be like, yo, I wrote this riff, what do you think? Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Now, uh, I was sent some information here that suggests that... Uh, uh, the term that you've uh, named this group, uh, and again, forgive me if I if I if I get this wrong at any point, you tell me. I think I've got it. It's it's Ombigize. Is that correct? It's pretty good. Not bad. What could yeah, I yeah. tell? Improve. I need to improve. Tell me what I could be saying or doing differently. Well, I I guess like phonetically, we were talked about before, like Om, mm-hmm. like the, the the Indian Om, and mm-hmm. then B, like a bumblebee, and then Gize. Gaze, yeah. See, I keep, yeah, I keep, I, 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 okay. I don't, I should, I, I feel a bit badly, but I also, it's a, it's a new term for me. Uh, Adam, how did you come upon this term? Well, it's, I think, a big 
part of our culture is language and revitalization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all still just learning. Daniel and mm-hmm. I, despite the fact that we're these uh, Anishinaabe artists, we're, we're, we're artists that are Anishinaabe. We're still learning about our culture. And, and that's like really the practice of him and I working together is just putting extra focus on who we are as people, learning about our ancestors, reconnecting those pasts and trying to take steps forward mm-hmm. and and putting our language out there for people to even attempt is mm-hmm. fine with me. I don't get I don't get offended by mispronunciation. In fact, like we have many dialects. So yep. you might hear us say Ombigizi. You know, and that's just us speaking really quickly. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. you'd hear an older speaker, Ombikaze, you know, with really good language skills. And, you know, we don't have those. And all we're trying to do is put it forward. Yeah. And, no, I, think, that, and I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. No, I agree. So the what I was sent uh, was that the term itself translates into she or he uh, or they, I suppose, is noisy. Uh, Daniel, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And, and so that it makes sense to me, knowing you two, that you would be attracted to noise uh, yeah. <laughs> on some level, just given what you do. But was there anything about the, the meaning that also seemed fitting, uh, Daniel, for a project with you and Adam? Mm, I think it, for me, my interpretation of it is kind of like when we're the way that my dad would describe it to me uh, as a child were. Um, the way that he described like our, our our interaction with like the creator and like how how when we when we're in a, a, a powwow circle and we're playing like the drums like really loud and we're we, you know we're, we're screaming at the top of our lungs where it's usually us like calling out to the creator for some like not for something but just to like continue that relationship with the creator and acknowledge mm. oh. that we're we're together with them and uh, I think that's from my interpretation with uh, what what we're doing with our music. It's like kind of like our version of the powwow, and um, uh-huh. okay, just there to make some noise and you know show people that we're here still. So it has in your mind, it's it's not quite ceremonial, but it has like a it's an invocation. It's a, it is a spiritual invocation of some kind to even give yourself this this term. Is that kind of what you're saying, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Adam, does that follow for you? Like, is that your interpretation of things? Is this what, is that the feeling it gives you? Yeah, def- most, most definitely. And, and I think that what Daniel's saying is he's, he's speaking his interpretation and we had to put ourselves together on, on that too. So, um, when we're in our circles and gathering and making our noise, we're putting our, our minds together yeah. to do it yeah. and finding that common thread for ourselves. So I really like that actually a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is lovely. Um, so I'm curious about distinguishing what you two are doing uh, together. Obviously, it's you two, so that makes that makes sense. It's different than your other works. Uh, but I'm curious, Adam, if you can talk about what distinguishes this particularly sonically, maybe lyrically, from what you do in status, non-status, what you. Uh, which, for those who I, I've established this in the introduction, I suppose, but uh, formerly uh, whoopso, now status, non-status. What do you suppose playing with Daniel in this project uh, gives you or allows you to discuss, if you will, that uh, maybe you, you're not chasing after as much in status, non-status? Can you speak to that? 
Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of different things that came out in our recording process and a lot of new challenges and things we didn't uh, necessarily see. But um, I've heard Daniel talk about how it's hard to lift heavy things on your own hmm. and um, that there's like a strength in us doing it together, that hmm. um, each of our individual stories are a little bit easier because there's a backbone and support system that isn't always there in our other music. And yeah. like we said, we love our cla- our other collaborators and our other projects, but you know, it's very much, we had to protect that. It's our, our thing. And there's a struggle in that. And in this mm-hmm. project, Daniel and I kind of like let it, let it all go. And we really have Kevin to thank in a lot of ways for helping us see that vision for ourselves. Yeah. Um, he really uplifted us and encouraged us to kind of like take it all back. So it seems like we were able to lean into our culture even more because of that and um, find a new sound because it was, uh, you know, maybe we maybe we pictured just the cohesion of, of our sounds and instead we just kind of like stripped it all back and started over, which is really kind of cool. We have a, a new foundation to work from. Can you characterize that sound a little bit more, though? I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I, I feel like it, it changes from song to song on this yeah. wonderful record, but can you home in on that a little bit? Well, I think for me, it was very lyrically driven in a lot of ways. Like, if we're going to really break down the, the sonic approach, I think it, for me it was just about really leaning into the things that I wanted to say and, and finding a positive voice in that. And doing that for and with Daniel as well. So like really stepping behind him on his tracks as well and just uh, finding my pockets rather than trying to um, punch through a a door or something like that. Right, Um, right. So I I guess I'm not like a genre purist or anything, so I don't really, Mm -hmm. like I'm a folk artist, I guess, right? And even when I'm playing my heaviest songs, I still think of it as kind of folk music because I think Mm -hmm. we're, we're storytellers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Before I go to Daniel, though, uh, there's one thing. Uh, you and I haven't, Adam, you and I haven't really spoken since uh, you've uh, taken on the the, ter- the the name, rather, Status Non-Status. Um, is it the same people as you were playing with before? Is it more of a solo project? I'm trying to wrap my head around that. It was just a little bit about um, recreating my space, but um, there, there's kind of a new, it's kind of a new thing. Thing in a lot of ways now it was intended to be sort of uh one and the same but over over the years sort of uh, myself and kirsten palm have always been sort of the the core members with her having a lot of familial absence just um with uh having kids and some deaths in the family and some other uh things go on yeah um yeah so yeah, so over the time it was it was always kind of my my thing forward. But I do have some pretty committed members like Eric Lorenzo's been with me forever, and um, now his brother Steve has joined. So mm. you know, trying to put the family and the mm. and the the good intentions into our music. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on the the quote about uh, you know you can't. Uh, what was the quote that you uh, said? Uh, Daniel said, I know Daniel's here. He can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's, it's hard to lift heavy things yeah, on your own. That's right. So I wondered how alone you felt, and maybe that's what drew you to Daniel uh, potentially as well. But, um, you know, I appreciate where you're coming from there. So, Daniel, kind of similar line of questioning, I suppose. You have Zune. It has a particular mm-hmm. aesthetic on some level. 
what do you mm-hmm. suppose playing with Adam brings to you as a creative person, and what do you suppose you're bringing to to him for this work together? Yeah, I think I think definitely it's just like having that support system. Yeah, and um, Adam's spoken about this before, where we don't really have to like relive our traumas all the time. We can we just like can understand if we're going through something. Say if it's about like um, I don't know racial type stuff or just like getting frustrated that you know like it's hard to learn our language sometimes and um yeah it's just like it's it's kind of like um it's like therapy you know it's uh (laughs) like this this type of uh therapy that i used to do where in the beginning of it it was just about like trying to get you to a state of calm Mm -hmm. so that so that your brain is more acceptable to healing and um I find being, I find uh, this project, I, I'm really calm and I'm like, okay, I don't have to like carry this whole thing on my own. And, um, you can, you know, you can just, yeah, share, share the weight. And, um, and I think that's really important for my healing project or project. I mean, <laughs> my healing, <laughs> healing path, but it is like a project. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I bring, the, I think I bring that to the project too, you know, in a way where, where uh, Adam, can uh, lean on me and um yeah and i think that's that's what uh that's why we do music you know? yeah yeah now uh adam had invoked uh kevin and uh i want to talk about kevin just a little bit uh because uh i don't know if you guys remember this but uh sometime in july i think it was 2021 uh, I had an interview scheduled with Kevin for this show, and I got on the thing with Kevin. I think it was Zoom, probably, or something like this. We're using Zoom right now. But anyway, I'm on the thing there, and uh, Kevin's uh, face pops up on the screen, and you guys are there. Uh, and I was like, what? What happened? And then, uh, Daniel, I don't have we ever met before then? No, that's how we scheduled the... Uh... <laughs> To do an interview yeah. with you was through that. Inter- I was just walking to the, get like a bubbly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm so that's drinking how we bubbly fr- now. <laughs> so Adam and I have a, a long history of knowing one another from our times uh, together in Guelph and, and Southern Ontario, I guess. Wow. But yeah, Daniel, can you talk about, uh, Adam talked about Kevin just a little bit, but uh, I think that's it's sort of fortuitous that that's how we met on some level. So I wonder if we can go back to that moment and that session maybe, but maybe even actually before that. How, uh, Daniel, did you guys end up working with Kevin Drew? What was the connection there exactly? Kevin and I have a a, a mutual friend named Nav. And Nav worked for like, um, I think he was like a music or movie producer. He had that company Elevation Pictures or something. Yep. And um, he just started messaging me through Gmail. And it was like at the height of uh, putting out my record. And we just always we were talking. And then one day he was like, hey, I'm friends with Kevin Drew. Like, I, I'm going to pass along your record to him. I was like, OK, cool, man. I was like, at the point, I, I didn't really know who Kevin Drew was. And um, but then I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, uh, Broken Social Scene. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. Yeah. And th- and then we uh, I was looking for someone to mix my record. And I kind of approached him and he was like, oh, I don't really have the equipment to do that. But I know someone who can. And then we kind of just were talking sometimes and then um when kev when when adam and i got together i was like hey man you're like friends with kevin like why don't you ask him to produce the record or like work with us and then um and then yeah adam mess uh, called him i guess and uh 
I don't know, maybe like it was a few hours later, he, he uh, Kevin was down and gave us his recording yeah. time. Wow, that's pretty cool. Adam, how do you know Kevin? I met Kevin through the Downey Wenchak Foundation. We met doing a, an event um, around some education of residential schools, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see Kevin there, and uh, I think he would tell you that I put a put a hit out on the music industry uh, that maybe mm-hmm. only he would understand when we were in this space. And uh, we've kind of been friends ever since. He's um, he's like the first person that called me when the pandemic first hit, and my band had canceled like a hundred shows. And yeah, he's just always been um, kind of a support, which I've always found to be well one one rather interesting because i don't think that a lot of people would think that we're incredibly similar people from similar places in life or or whatever but just like daniel said like our whole project is based around our healing and and wellness and kevin's really been on that tip uh with us through the process it's pretty neat yeah, Kevin's a very supportive uh, uh, person, so I can I can relate to what you're saying there. Sorry, can I just go back to what your hit on the music industry was? That uh, <laughs> that shouldn't be something we bypass. What what, what what did that consist of? Well, just how much of a, a struggle it is, and I I feel really fortunate since that time I started working with yeah. You've Changed Records, who I think also put a hit out on the music industry, where it's like, okay, we're going to participate, yeah. but we're going to you know, try to take care of our artists and, uh, you know, we got to play a little bit of a a game. I've always thought of the music industry as just a game, Mm -hmm. you know, just a big giant game. And so it's just like trying to, you know, beat them at their own game. Yeah. That's (laughs) your, that's your sports background. That's your hockey playing background. Maybe a little bit, a little bit competitive, but also seeing it as a game. Yeah, I mean, both both of those industries are pretty ruthless. It's not the easiest uh, career choice, but um, yeah, no, I can, I, I, I know that from our last conversation about. Uh, remember how surprised I was, Adam, when you were on talking about the hockey stuff, and I was like, "What? What?" Yeah, <laughs> that I, seems I, to be getting around <laughs> these days. That's uh, never something that was really fully talked about. Now people are really interested in uh, the sports side yeah. of things. Well, I saw there was like a magazine article uh-huh. even about it uh, more recently, actually. So yeah, people are uh, discovering this part of it. I mean, it is it is in Canada. It's interesting. And as I recall, you were pretty forthright about how bad it can be. So I don't know. Is it? Are you still engaging with the hockey in any way these days? Not really. Um, no, I... I I don't too much. I, I'm watching more of it than ever, and I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, so right. there's some reason to pay attention, I think, right now. But uh, mostly, I, I think it's just cool to share a story with my dad. Right, of course. And yeah. and and that's always been the struggle in our in our world uh, if, with our ancestry and our culture and our connections and. Mm-hmm. that I can tell his hockey story. I guess it's my hockey story too, but I'm, I'm, I'm an artist now. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that there's some similar mentalities, taking the good, the good stuff away from it and, and putting it all together to, yeah, just try and share my family story, which is, you know, what both Daniel and I are really trying to do. So mm-hmm. 
I guess it's kind of cool. Like, you know, our, our, our publicist team, like they helped get my dad's hockey card into this cool little Instagram thing called indigenous rookie cards and oh, get nice. the support. And my aunt was a part of that as well, but it was kind of just like feeling cool. that support system from the music industry, from people like Kevin drew. It's just not something that I ever imagined yeah. was possible. So yeah. it's really, really cool. Nice. Now, um, Daniel, we, we've kind of talked about how Kevin uh, entered the picture uh, mm-hmm. And Adam yep. alluded to the fact that uh, with Kevin's guidance, uh, the sound of your uh, band, I, I feel like he was saying it kind of st- was stripped back on some level. But I, I, yeah. I'm actually wondering if you can elaborate upon Kevin's role in the shape of the sound of this project. Is it possible for you to do that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I have an idea of what the record may have sounded like if Kevin didn't come into the picture. Um, just because Adam and I had got together and we um, we did rehearse a little bit and there were certain songs that didn't make it onto the record that we were excited about. But what we really appreciate is that Kevin wanted to create something new. He didn't want us to be leaning too much on our signature sounds and our solo projects. And I don't think that's an easy thing to do. But for Kevin, it was like... Um, he just pushed us in the right directions and never wanted to really force anything on us. It was always like our decisions, mm-hmm. but he would just kind of guide us a bit, you know, just to, you know, and, and, and really fast, you know, we worked really fast and in that, in, in, in working fast, you don't really, it, there's not really t- too much time to like second guess yourself. It's, it, it's a lot of it was just like coming from our subconscious or from like, a pure place in our uh, creative process. And Kevin and Niles just knew how to like work with that. And it was something really special because I, I truly do think that it it's a difficult thing to, to bring two artists who have like very signature sounds and to come up with something totally stripped back. And what it, what it, what it really did highlight was our songwriting. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's like something that a lot of people, at least in my solo projects would be like my auntie. I remember every time I play acoustic guitar, she'd be like, Dad, just play a little bit quieter so we could actually like hear what you're singing about. And, and I'm just like, no, no, no. And for this, it was like vocals up high, acoustic guitar up high. Yeah. Like you could really see the structure of the songs and you can really, you could really feel it. And, and to have an impact. Uh, by stripping it back, I think is a really difficult thing to do. And, and I think we accomplished that with the help of Kevin, who brought in a lot of wisdom and yeah, just experience, you know, in my solo project, I'm always just like, I got my head up my ass like so far that it's like hard to like make decisions. And, but when you see someone who has experience and who's like a mentor, you, you just like, I just, I really leaned into it. You know, I was like, I, I and I think Kevin realized that too because he knew that I was kind of a control freak with Zune and and I and when we when when we did this session I was just like yeah I'm a collaborator now like let, let's do a collaboration yeah you know it's interesting you bring up the songwriting uh, both of you have alluded to the this being a really lyric forward um, expression and I, mm-hmm. I just want to highlight something because um, it's occurred to me in the past with your work Daniel that. You tend to write lyrics in a relatively sparse way, but it's very catchy. 
Like you seem mm-hmm. to yeah. be able to land on a few words, but you make them impactful. So the album begins <laughs> with Cherry Coke, and I'm just going to read people uh, up to ostensibly the chorus. Uh, still I wonder where you go, still I wonder where you hide, still I wonder where I go, hills I roam, still I wonder where you'll be, still I wonder when you'll find, stay beside, Cherry Coke, Ontario. Now, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is sparse, it is, it, is, uh, it is like, an, it's impressionistic, I don't quite know what mm. it means. But it, it affects me <laughs> deeply. My wife, when she hears uh, songs like that, she's like, "This is." I really, she really enjoys your singing. I'll say that. Uh, and the way you are—it's—it's it's partially. So I read that, and you guys chuckled because it's weird to hear your lyrics read to you by a guy in Edmonton. I know what that's like. Uh, <laughs> but I also think it's—it's it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating to recite the words because they're totally different from the experience of hearing you sing them, which is really lovely and. Yeah. Anyway, but then we get to residential military. Adam, I presume you wrote this, uh, the lyrics primarily. Maybe you collaborated. But then you get what I'm getting at, and I'll read the first verse of this one now. Birch bark canoe merges onto the freeway. No turn signal. How to switch lanes. Paddle slower into slumber accelerator. Space, time, reflex, and futuristic waves. Worker boy swimming out in the deep. Can't touch bottom prehistorically. So you have this density of language in the very next song, yeah. like nothing, nothing really. Uh, it's not. It doesn't sort of. Uh, it, the first thing that I read, I think, is almost calming. It's almost meditative. This is more of a barrage. Now, this is. I, I like. I love them both. And this song, "Residential Military," is amazing as well. Also gets in my head. But what I'm getting at is, it seems to me you have two different lyrical approaches. Adam, what do you make of what I'm getting at? There is that. Is there some to it? I I think I think that there is um I can I can be like an incredibly complex and confused person and and uh mm. the best way to let those things out of me is to do the stream just let it the stream of consciousness of letting it out and I find that those in those moments when I fully embrace that some, something like that can to me it makes a lot of sense you know it, and well and i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i'm i guess what i'm getting at is i hear this juxtaposition on the record mm-hmm. quite a bit you either have someone saying a few things and repeating them almost like you know it's like i say it's not meditative necessarily because as you delve into what's being said you realize it's there's some pain and there's some trauma and there's some heavy stuff going on but yeah. I, I just find it interesting that you either get a couple of things repeated, and this isn't the case for every song, by the way. I'm just I'm just pointing to these first two because it's quite a difference. I th- is all I'm getting at. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, but I think it works. I'm not. Hey, man, I'm not criticizing anything. I just <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think you were either. Like, and and I think with Daniel's thing, what I've always found in him is a really good sense of calm, and he'll say exactly what needs to be said in in a really simple way and I really love that about him and so uh, the two of us kind of like yin and yang that way Mm -hmm. um, as friends too Mm -hmm. you know he lets me ramble on and then you know says one thing I'm like right okay (laughs) we're good you know and and that's that's the way that we are so it's it's really cool and I I mean I've that 
song Cherry Coke is so powerful in that most simple way. And, you know, it's, it's about Daniel's father and their relationship and a whole life of experience, a whole world of trauma. And so he, in, in a really simple way, like, uplifted his yeah, whole yeah. ancestry. But it, but it's know? just abstract enough so that unless I talk to you, I don't exactly know where where Daniel might be coming from with this song. It could be mm-hmm. it could be a whimsical memory of the summertime. You know, Cherry Coke in itself. First of all, good product <laughs> placement. That was great. That's <laughs> yeah. good. No, Credit. but it, it it almost has like a summary and the song itself like a sort of summary calming vibe and then later like with a song like uh, Yahweh, totally. which again very very sparse lyrically but it is is impactful anyway i think i think you know where i'm coming from mm-hmm. and adam's spoken about it daniel what do you make of where i'm coming from and what we've been talking about in terms of uh the way you and adam complement each other as writers mm, yeah yeah the the lyrics that i i like to use it's like um I, I I grew up listening to like a lot of pop music and like Brian Wilson and he and he collaborated with like a few different lyricists and and they were always like pretty complex like um there's a song called Surfs Up that it just ram it just goes on and on and on and on and it's so beautiful but then when Brian wrote his one song Caroline now it's it's very like just a very beautiful simple song but it's with the melody and like the 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 feelings that he puts into the song that like really like made it was like a very deep song for me and yeah um, Caroline is is very impactful yeah uh, because the emotion is it's a it's an interesting I guess where I'm coming from is it feels to me like you both are very emotional mm-hmm. in your song craft but in some ways. Uh, Daniel, you put a lot of the emotion into the vocal, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as much and 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 very uh, straight, relatively straightforward uh, phrases. Yeah. Whereas in some cases, anyway, Adam tends to put all really like uh, I don't know. It's it's like intellectually emotional, like yeah. just a lot of language it's, and a lot of precise. Mm-hmm. Not that I totally like. I think that it's they're both very artful, but I feel like with. I don't know if you agree or not, Adam, but like you tend, it's almost like you've, it's almost, it's essay like lyrics. If, 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 if I, I don't, I don't, does that, do you agree with this? Does this, does that bother yeah. you that I'm saying this, Adam? Are you bothered <laughs> no, by me right now? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, when we were in the studio, I was just writing and writing and writing. And I, I tend to do that. I, when I was going through a lot of healing, I was encouraged to journal. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was great. You know, I had to like kind of go A, B, C of what was happening yeah. in, in my, in my life. But the thing that I found about it was that it wasn't being creative. And mm-hmm. so the way that I, overcame that in journaling was just writing everything that was going through my mind. And as a songwriter nowadays, I'll kind of like go through those lyrics and pick out things that are more cohesive or relatable. Or what I understand about my brain is that it, it kind of misfires a lot is what I feel. Yeah. And so I, I, I go a C B, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I have to kind of like rearrange that. And that's why these, podcasts are so interesting right because you never know what someone's gonna say or if they even make sense i don't even know what the next words that are gonna come out of my mouth are (laughs) oh i see yeah yeah and so and so that's how i i write in my journaling and then 
I, yeah. I kind of use that as a tool to see what's happening with myself. Well, so I don't too, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to be too heavy-handed about what I'm about to say because you say journaling, and I think what I'm trying to convey is that to me, sometimes you write more journalistically. Like it feels mm-hmm. like you're yeah. talking about specific subject matter, historical, sociocultural, or political subject matter, and you're obviously uh, writing about it in an artful and an impressionistic way, but I feel like I have a sense of where you're coming from maybe more than uh, someone who's writing very sparsely. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Daniel, any further thoughts on my bizarre line of questioning? <laughs> no, I, I think there's a... Um, Adam and I learn a lot from each other, and in, in watching Adam write the way that he does, is it adds to me, and it makes me think about like some of the songs like for Zune, where like I have a song that's going to be on LP2 that I wrote probably like seven years ago. And it's the song that has the most lyrics I've ever written where I've never, I don't repeat anything. It's just like the whole song, every line is something new and different. And I think for a while I would just like, I would, I would try to like simplify what I'm trying to say. And, and in a way where I could always remember it, you know, because like, yeah, I used to love Bob Dylan, but some of his songs were so long. And I'm like, how does he remember all those lyrics? And uh. and so for me, I just like I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. But like is more is like but try to uh, compromise by putting a lot of emotion into it. Well, and, I, like uh, we talked about the last time you were on, Daniel, I think you use your your voice as a, an additional texture. Almost. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's a little bit, I don't know, Adam, I know like you sing beautifully as well and you have uh, a definite character to your voice, but I don't know that you use, I feel like you, when you're on a mic, you want to say something like specific. Is that, again, I don't mean to be reductive also, because I don't know how much lyrical collaboration <laughs> you two have done on this particular record. Uh, Adam, was there much lyrical collaboration? Yes and no, you know, we like we were all kind of given like our our own little space and time. Mm-hmm. And so we were like coex coexisting and yeah, we definitely throw ideas off of each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um but Daniel might be recording a part and then I'd be like kind of writing or whatever and then you'd show everyone and be like, "Yeah, I like that." Or, you know, right. we we had to change things in in real time, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I've never been able to, like, write a chorus, really. Like, that's one of my great struggles as a songwriter. It's like, what's the hook, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and Daniel does amazing hooks because he's got a, a poignancy to what he's doing, and I'm I'm kind of more ram, rambling on. Mm. So, um, yeah, I get into the sonic. Like, I, I do guitar licks for choruses instead, you mm. know? Yeah. And, and so we, we all kind of leaned into our strengths, Right. Yeah. And and because of the collaboration, we were able to make new creations. So even the the few demos that we did have are pretty different yeah. than yeah. Uh, the final product. Do you, Adam? Like, if you can characterize, it's a relatively short record. Um, this one that we we're talking about. Um, can you mm-hmm. possibly characterize where, uh, in a general sense, where where these songs might have come from for you in this time and space that you were given to? Uh, sit in a studio and write things do you have a sense of where where your head was at that uh, in that period yeah it was it was a lot about um it's about family yeah i think you know because yeah. yeah daniel had lost his father in in the pandemic and i'm i'm a, kind of a new father and so those are really reflective things that have 
create big, big change and inspiration in you. So, yeah. and then again, we worked so fast that it was actually like, what is here and now? What are you right now? And Kevin was amazing. That was the most amazing thing about him was just getting us to not only just shed our sound, but it was actually just shed any insecurity yeah. that we had. And so I really wanted to also just do some pretty serious uplifting because it was easier to to do the lifting yeah. when Daniel was there. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Daniel, uh, uh, sorry again for the loss of your father. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, can you. you characterize where uh, you, you've, we, you talked a little bit about uh, Cherry Coke there, but can you talk a, a little bit about uh, where these songs were coming from for you in this period? Yeah, just, um, you know, uh, my, my, my dad, Glenn, had passed away and, and then one day I was just like, you know, learning about what residential school my dad went to and my auntie and my uncle and my grandpa and my grand, my Nana, like, just like, there's a whole list on the internet that you can find. And, you know, I like zoomed in really close to the broken head one and, and it just started to like, um, yeah, just, I, I got very emotional about it. And I just, I remember one day I, I like, message Adam and I was just like dude we gotta like write some songs that are like you know to honor our family who have gone to these places and I was like we have to like I want to start writing songs like that and Mm. and then and then I wrote uh mother that which was you know about my my dad kind of telling me little snippets about like his experience of like being taken away and his other brothers not even knowing where he went, you know, and but the agents, they came and took him away and put him in these schools. And then a lot of awful things happened to him that he didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, a, we had a whole generation of people who felt like they didn't have a voice because it was taken from them as, as a young person by these nuns and priests. And so I just really wanted to make sure that we were, giving a voice to the certain to maybe some of these people who does it that don't have a voice and didn't and 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 then you know coincidentally the Kamloops uh graves were found and while we were recording and and then it became very apparent that what we were doing was you know really important and that we we wanted to there was a new discussion happening you know because yeah. for a long time no one believed that there was children buried you know, there was no one. Everyone would call us crazy and gaslight a whole generation of multiple generations. And um, yeah, we're just we wanted to let everyone know that we we're still here and and uh, alive and well. Yeah, well, I appreciate you articulating that, and I appreciate you two coming together because it is a nice. Uh, marriage, not to invoke marriage again. I, I keep trying to get you guys to get married. I keep saying it. I'm sorry. But it is a nice marriage of that very direct conversational lyricism and that uh, emotional impressionistic lyricism. Yeah, the journal keeping slash uh, instinctual feeling slash, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we are trying to articulate something that is real and happened and ha- is happening. So, I just want to say I thank you for this record and for coming together and I want to talk about what what's next for you. Before we go though, like I mentioned we've talked about Kevin Drew. Uh mm-hmm. we talked about the time that uh, I met you Daniel there uh, when I was going to interview Kevin, but you were yeah. in the in the bat in the bathhouse, is that right? That's where you were? Yeah. 
Right. Now, that is the Tragically Hip studio. I don't know if either of you are particular Tragically Hip fans, but that must be even... Like, that's... Adam, that's their studio, right? That's the one they set up. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, it's it's really cool spot, and to us, it felt... Uh, it felt right because it it is like a really glorified home studio, which is yeah. often how Daniel and I work, is yep. kind of doing it on our own. So it was it had that kind of vibe to it. And yeah, you could definitely picture the hip making some of those records there for sure. Yeah, and they have like sort of like hip iconography in there, right? Is that right? Like artifacts and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The Phantom Power uh, device was in there. That was a pretty big highlight for me and yeah. <laughs> my my son loves listening to that record now and you know talk about some hockey songs too yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite records of there so that's uh that's exciting so uh, i mean i don't know daniel i feel like you're just taking everything as it comes uh you know you're relatively new to all this was it freaky at all being in the in the hip studio well yeah my brother tried to turn me on to the hip years and years and years ago when I was you know like knee high to a duck and and I never un- understood it I, you know I didn't really understand much about music back then you know but but now coming back into music you know being away for a really long time and and end up somehow ending up at the tragically hip studio with Gord Downey's wife treading water in the pool like I was just like whoa like what is going on here like can't sometimes you gotta like pinch yourself or you know or I, I learned a word this year called disassociation and right. I was feeling that and I have been feeling that with music because a lot of things are happening pretty quickly and you know um, when all the years that I wasn't doing music it felt like I was taking things just day by day and just like really like thinking about what the next thing I was going to do and now it's just kind of like go 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 and you know yeah, sometimes it's be overwhelming. Oh yeah, it's well, it's good. It's good to take stock and and be you know conscious of your surroundings, but don't let them get to you. And it sounds like you you're, you're getting there. But I, I yeah, I like talking to Daniel. I must say, Adam, because I feel like he's still figuring stuff out and uh, <laughs> yeah. and is, you know yeah. not jaded. It's just like yeah, this thing's happening. It's amazing. Like that's great. I, I appreciate that spirit. So this record, uh, sewn back together, has been out a little bit now. Uh, and you've been doing other things. Uh, Adam, you alluded to your first show together, so we'll talk about that in a second as well. But future plans? Are there plans for you to start, or has it already begun? Are you thinking about writing together again? Adam, can you speak to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're really uh, excited to start playing some music together. It's an opportunity, some shows. uh, And so I think you'll see more and more announcements coming very quickly, but uh, our first show is one of the broken social scene shows. We've been announced for sled Island and uh, just really excited to sort of see how people respond to us reimagining the record. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the live thing allows us to kind of put our, put ourselves back together Mm -hmm. even more. So I think that, you know, it'll be a, yeah, I'm really excited for people to see it live. <laughs> nice, nice, Daniel. What's uh, who's in the live version of this band? Um, so it's Adam, I, uh, Andrew McLeod. He's also also known as Sunsetter and plays drums in Zune. And then Eric Lorenzo. Well, Lorenzo, <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo, and uh, our buddy Derek uh, Durant. Okay, cool. So that's the band. And and have five, you five piece, five piece. And have you practiced yet? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, good. We're going to be going down soon to do some more before the Massey Hall show. Right. Okay, cool. And so any new songs emerging yet, Daniel? Always. Always writing. Okay. Always always trying to write a song a day, at least. You know, or at least a riff a day, you know. Just something just to keep the creative flow going. So you got the Tragically Hip Studio. That's a magical place. Massey Hall. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, that's got to be... <laughs> I, you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you this right now from my own experience doing stuff like this. You know, you'll be like, holy shit, we're playing Massey Hall. Then you'll get on stage. You're like, yeah, it's fine. It's normal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> is that where you think yeah. is going to happen? Adam, that's probably where your head's at, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're doing the thing that we love to do. And, yeah. you know, all the nerves and anxieties and stuff, those come second to passion. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I feel really uh, just excited. Okay. Now, if people want to learn more about uh, Ombigaze or anything else you guys are up to, I uh, want to give you a chance to talk about that. So, Adam, yeah, first of all, this project, where can people go to learn more about it? And then within your own pursuits, where would you like to send them? Um, yeah, I'd probably follow along on Instagram is the quickest way to find all the all the avenues. And, uh, yeah, yeah, our record, Sewn Back Together, is on Arts and Crafts. Right. Okay. Daniel, anything further to add there? Any oh any Zoom plans? You mentioned LP2. Oh yeah. Yeah, just uh finishing it should be um done in the next month. Um it is all done. Okay. Just waiting for Owen Pallet to fin- to send over his uh his files and then and then it we're off to the races, I guess. Do you need me to message Owen? And tell him to get cracking because uh, I can do that. Usually, when I ask Owen to do something, he does it. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I've, I've had like five different people like being like, "Hey, what's going on? Are you gonna finish that Zoom record?" But you know, he's super busy. He is busy. Yeah. He just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's and but you know, it's been like a year, so. <laughs> Kind of like needed it to be done soon. Okay, I, I get what's happening right now, and I'm going to step aside. I think uh, it's between you and him, and we'll, I'm sure it'll get sorted out soon. Uh, that's it that's, will, that's good. Okay. All right, well, I appreciate this conversation. I want to go out on a song from uh, the record, if possible, so I'm back together. What, uh, now, this, is, this can be tricky. We have two people, so I'm going to assign mm-hmm. one of you to pick. The other one has veto power. Discussions can ensue. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to go to Adam. Adam, uh, what song would you like to go out on and uh, and why? I think that it would be really cool to go on uh, Ogin. Ogin, uh, okay. Yeah, which is uh, like Mother. and uh, It's it's a beautiful song. I think it's a, a representation of all the things that we've, we felt on the record, and uh, and it's one that we're really excited to play live. All right, very nice choice. Uh, Daniel, do you wish to veto Adam's choice, or are you fine to go with Ogin? I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that one needs some more loving these days. Now, Daniel, is this something you came up with, so to speak, in terms of the lyrics? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this is the song that I wrote um, about my dad and him telling me about his experiences of uh, being taken from his home and, and just stories that I've learned from my uncle. I mostly learned... Uh, from my uncle. My uncle was kind of like my dad's uh, interpreter because my dad had fallen down the flight of stairs when I was uh, pretty young. And after that, his his speech was kind of like really slurred and it was hard to understand. So my uncle Matt would always tell me stories or try to interpret what my dad was saying. And 
And this song is kind of like that. And it's that's the indigenous uh, experience too. You know, a lot of our mm. healing is like, it's like spotted, you know, it's like you learn information, not directly, you know, like a lot of maybe white folks go to university and they, they learn a course about their past or something. And for us, when because we don't, yeah, a lot of our families are broken. So it's like we learn information about our dad, maybe through our grandma or our uncle. And that's what that kind of song is about. I see. Okay. Well, I appreciate that explanation. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Ogeen from the wonderful new record, uh, Sewn Back Together uh, by Om Bigaze. Listen, I want to thank you both. Daniel, Adam, thank you so much for being on this uh, show. Back on the show, both of you. Yeah, thank you thank so much you. for making time for me, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. And go get him a Massey Hall, people. I, I, I know it's going to be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank really you. appreciate it, Vish. Yeah, Vish. Thank you.
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Well, thanks again to Adam and Daniel for appearing on this, the 680th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, I encourage you to visit my website, which is simply vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative. Or you can follow me directly on uh, Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. Also, please consider visiting patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast a-going. Uh, $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. Uh, some of that content is derived from some overtime I spend with current guests. Sometimes I also dig into my old uh, audio archives from all the other interviews and there's hundreds of them really that I've done uh, prior to starting this particular podcast and you know they're of varying quality as technology changes and I'm still getting better every week at doing these things so you know I do my best to share stuff I think is interesting but I sometimes I wince when I listen back to any of it and sometimes I don't even listen to it I just see that it's there I'm like I don't want to revisit this thing I'm sure it's fine put it up and uh, people seem to like it. So again, this is the way you can support the show financially. It's the easiest way is by going to the Patreon because uh, there's no other real income coming in. Uh, the, the, all the podcast companies they let us put their our shows on their on their things, but they don't give us money for them. And uh, it's a weird part of uh, culture now. But we the word gets out, and then people like you uh, step up on things like Patreon, or they, you come to our shows if we're doing live shows and. And uh, although, and you write us nice notes, it's great. I mean, that part of it's great. But uh, anyway, in terms of the dough, if you can support the show, uh, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. I appreciate it, and I thank you very much. Oh, and if you'd like a creative control t-shirt for your generosity, please message me on Patreon, and I will get you one while supplies last. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, and Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Ombigaze and subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends about it and maybe encouraging them to do the same. It all means so much. I will talk to you very soon. Be well. Stay healthy. If you can, wear a mask. They help. Bye for now. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.